in Matthew 28. I know y'all have heard this and read this a million times. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even till the end of time. Father, today, Lord God, let the words that come from my mouth, let them be your words. God, open our hearts and our mind to receive these words, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. You see, this was spoken by Jesus to his apostles just before he ascended back to heaven. But I, I, I drew something from this this week that I think we have confused in our mind. The scripture doesn't say, go therefore and make new converts. Does it? It says, make a disciple. You see, once again, that, that's work. You get me? I, that it's, it takes work to make a disciple. Do you know, Alan, that means that you can't just go up and say, do you know Jesus Christ your Savior? No. Let me tell you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Go, forgive me of all my sins. Amen. Whatever you want to do. And then you walk away and go, great commission. No. Of course, you have to know Jesus Christ in order to become a disciple. Right? You have to know Jesus and have a personal relationship. If I went out... Okay, listen. I, I, I had my, my brother, Alan. Uh, he did something for my son this week. My son has this fancy sand car thing, you know, big motor, big tires, 100-mile-an-hour stupidity, right? Going through sand dunes, right? Because, you know, that's what we spend our money on. <laughs> So, here's the deal. He went through what they call a witch's eye. Now, a witch's eye is something where you come over a ridge, it does this, and comes right back the opposite direction. Well, it broke his frame. So now he's got this $25,000 toy that he can't even start, push off my trailer, can't do nothing, because the motor and the transmission now are sitting sideways because the entire chassis broke. So what I did is I said, Stephen, I'm going to go buy a, a $2,000 welder and a helmet. And because I went and spent that, now I'm a welder. Wouldn't you trust your life if, I, if, if I'd never welded a day in my life, but I spent $2,000 on a machine. Now I'm a welder. I have one. Therefore, I are one. Oh, you don't think you're right? I got news. You ain't never seen bird poop like I could throw on metal. You understand what I'm saying? So you know what I did? I didn't spend that money. Instead, my son took Alan to lunch and then went over to the house to his shop. And Alan got underneath and, man, he made these pretty little... And put stuff on it and jacked it up and cranked it up. And now the car's running. Because you know what? Alan just went in and said, I'm going to spend $2,000. I'm going to be a welder today. No, he's welded for years. He was in the iron building business. He's done this for years. He was done. Guess what? A lot of practice, a lot of work, a lot of broken welds, a lot of burnt shirt. And Steve was like, oh, what do I do with it? It's on fire. Step on it. Do something. 
<laughs> Dude, look at it on Mark. Yeah, dummy, it's coming towards your hand. Put it out. And then afterwards, you had to lay down underneath it and weld some more. He goes, give me that burn-up shirt. But he knew that he was going to get sparks back on him. You know, so he's like, at least it'll protect me. If I'm on fire, just squirt me out. But you understand what I'm saying is you don't just say something and become something. Well, I'm a disciple of Christ. No, you ought to understand this, being a disciple of Christ is intentional. Wow, that kind of ties into what God gave me a while ago. It don't happen by accident. It takes something. You see, if you actually think about it, in Matthew 10, 20, uh, 24, it says, Jesus described what a disciple should look like. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he can be as his master and a servant as his Lord. I want you to think about that for a second. He didn't say, I want to be better than. He didn't say, I want to have as much authority as. He wants to emulate who his master or his Lord was. You see, becoming a disciple is when you truly strive to be as Christ. You see, that doesn't just happen. You can't read it on your iPhone. What it is, is making intentional choices to die to oneself. You see, what happens is we battle me. Do you know who my biggest en enemy in this world is? It ain't my wife. No, you thought it was her. Yeah, yeah. She was like pointing at Nanette, and I'm like, she ain't my enemy, girl, today. <laughs> my biggest enemy is me. My biggest reason that I am depressed is me. My biggest reason that I'm disappointed is me. My biggest reason why I'm not healed is me. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? You've got to own up to what you're doing because guess what? I want to be like Jesus. You know what that means? I want to love like Jesus loved. You know what that means? That means I'm not going to tell you you've got to act, talk, and be like me. Thank God y'all don't do that. What I'm trying to tell you is, is if you are acting and talking and reacting like Christ, how can you not love me? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Because trust me, I don't, I don't always make it. <laughs> There's been twice in our marriage that I didn't quite make it to the Christ-like thing <laughs> on the way here. But I'm just telling you, <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is this. If we intentionally take our mind and put it on the things of God, you're like, do you know what the Scripture says? The Scripture actually says, pray what? Every once in a while. Huh? Constantly? That's impossible, by the way. Because if you've got a mouth that moves as fast as mine and you can't pray at the same time, it's like impossible. It's like, <laughs> no. But you know what it is? Is when you start making decisions, make them with God's first. You know what? 
If you're a young man and you're looking for a girl, you better find Jesus first because if you find one that just tickles your fancy and she don't know Jesus, whew, the road you're getting ready to go down, son, you better lock in the hubs. That's all I'm saying. But you know if you find Jesus and you're looking for Jesus and you find a woman that's in front of you because she's trying to get to Jesus first, man, you know what you've got? Work. Because guess what? It's all in there. Uh, she's, she's like my goddaughter. I just I love her to death and I, I've just ad- adopted her into mine, right? And she's got five children that I love dearly. Uh, one of them I would, I would, I would almost adopt if, if she wasn't ugly, but it, it's one of the things where Heather came over to the house last night because, you know, when we get up to load up in the van to come over this way, it's pretty hard to get five children up in a car to drive 20 minutes to go get in a car to drive two hours to get out of a car to have two hours worth of church to get in a car to drive two hours home to cook dinner to go to two hours worth of church. That's a whole lot of two-houring. And with five kids, how she has hair on top of her head, I don't have an idea. Because this morning, I about yanked a snatch a couple of them bald trying to get him in the van. Put on your shoes. In the name of Jesus, right now, he was... And lay hands on him swiftly and repetitively. You put them shoes on, buddy, he did. And then I went, and I walked around the corner, and they were sitting on my table. I'm going to beat that kid bald. When he's out cold, he wore them all the way here. (laughs) But she was at the house last night. And you know what I did was was we, we sat together as a huge family, and we prayed for today. You see, I didn't wake up this morning and throw 48 scriptures down and, and all this hooey. And yeah, that's a lot of words ain't going to be said. I didn't do all that on the way here. I've been praying all week to where God would give me something specifically for Overton, Cali- or Nevada. I'm not in California. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, I'm preaching. I'm preaching next month in my daddy's church in California, and I'm like trying to, do, you know, I Lysol. <laughs> I have a helicopter ticket to where they can get me out of California. You know what I mean? It's like I, I got a passport because you know that ain't the part of the United States. I'm just telling you. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I don't live there, but you know what I'm saying? I prayed to God, give me something for here. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, it's so funny. I talk about fun. I just heard something. Go, it's like, everybody in this room frisked herself. Their phone buzzes. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm packing. Oh, 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 oh. I forgot until I, there it is. <laughs> no, it's one thing. It's funny. You know what? It could be his phone buzzing. Everybody else in the room going, yeah. Because that phone become more important. What if every time somebody's phone buzzed, you pick up the Word of God? What if every time your mind got bored and you were thinking bad thoughts, you picked up the Word of God? 
What if every time somebody was hurting, you didn't just say, well, they, they know Jesus, they can figure it out. Shut up. They put, God put you in someone's life specifically to help them become a disciple. You see, the disciples followed Jesus. They saw him do miracles. You know that? Man, that'd been easy. I thought, I thought about this the other day. If I was alive and I was one of the original 12, man, it had to be super easy. I just watched this dude make the blind guy see. Woohoo! I just watched big guy go over and touch that crippling. He jumped up and went running. What? Lazarus was stanky. And he come out clean. What? I watched him beat the dog snot out of him, nail him to a tree, and then he come back looking better than before. What? How can I not serve Jesus Christ? I saw it all. How many of you know Peter denied him? How many times? He watched all that stuff. Three times he said, no, I'm not one of them. Do you get me? It ain't a guarantee. And in fact, I got news. You think it was easy? Look at how they all died. I used to think back in the day there was this movie called uh, Thief in the Night. And man, that scared the dogs not out of me. Boy, I was like, whoo. When I heard that buzzer go off, I was like, planes was crashing. Cars were going, driving by themselves, flopping off of everything. I'm like, ah, I need Jesus. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in an airplane and the pilot know Jesus and me not. That's going to be a bad day. You know what I'm saying? I got news. I think I might find him on my way down, you know. <laughs> Woo, in the name of the Father, so I guess whatever, in case Catholics are right. You know what I'm saying? But here's the deal. Becoming a disciple, you see, means you're going to invest your time. How much time do you think Jesus did not spend with the disciples? Well, they'll just watch me. That's called friendship evangelism. You know that? What that's going to be is I'm just going to go and be me and live my life for Christ and they're going to see it and then they're going to say, why are you different? Really? Ask Freddie Mercury if everybody came up and asked him why. Ain't nobody asked him why he was different. They just knew, what do weird? Friendship evangelism is silly. You see, what happens is in order to be a disciple and become a disciple, and raise, it says, go and make disciples. That means go and invest yourself. Go invest yourself. There's a lot of children just, I watched like a mass exodus go out here with Vanette up there, right? What she's doing is intentional. You get what I'm saying? You guys, what's the Bible say? Train up a child. Right? Guess what? That's what's happening in here. This is intentional. And see what happens is, is you have brought your children here for them to go be taught. That was an intent. Now, the answer, now my question to you is, what are you doing when you leave here? You see, part 
of the problem that we're having is people are seeing, our children are seeing us not be 100% committed to the things of Christ. You know what? We're not going to go to church today. You know why? Because <clears throat> dad mowed the lawn. If you in Vegas and you got a lawn, you rich and stupid. Dad doing lawn. I had to do, I washed the cars. I worked all day. Sunday's the day of rest. We ain't going to church. Mental check. Other things are more important than God. You know what? I'm not going to raise my hands in church. And, and I'm going to, I'll do, I'll do the, you know, okay. You fill my cup, Lord. It's emptied up, Lord. Come and fill this in my soul. Now, yeah, I do this. I ain't going to do this. You know what's funny? If I pulled a gun out and put it to your head and said, raise your hands, you ain't going to go, fill it up, Lord. I ain't never seen a bank robber come in and go, Everybody raise your hands! You want everybody to know, I surrender. I ain't going to be, I'm done, right? Guess what? I'm going to come to church. You know what? Your children are sitting there going, You don't have to fully surrender, just kind of surrender. Oh, you know what? We're going to drive. <clears throat> And we're going to say words. <clears throat> and we're going to react. Just like Christ did when he was driving in a roundabout. I got busted. I said, there ain't nothing that you can go through that ain't in the Bible. And a woman said, what about marriage? Jesus wasn't married. I guess he don't know putting up with her would be like. So I get a gimme, I guess. I don't know. That one stumped me. I'm still trying to look that one up. I'm going to get something in there. But here's the deal. If I only showed my wife my dedication to her and my love for her when I felt like it, What I'm asking you is this. I ain't going down. Chill out. <laughs> I felt it and heard it. Uh, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel it, but I heard it, and I thought I went a little too far. <laughs> I ain't going down because going down ain't funny. But here's the deal. I have to tell my wife, show my, life, my wife, I have to act towards my wife. I have to act in front of my child to my wife, respectful, and the way that God intended me to act to her at all times. Because if not, I'm raising a man up that's going to walk out and only treat his wife awesome when she's awesome. What? And if you think you're, I'm crazy, if she treated me like she thought I was actually sometimes. You get me? How are you acting towards God? Is he, only, is he only worth surrendering? If you've got a death in your family or you've got 
bills that you can't pay or or you got somebody sick in cancer and that's when you're going to start saying god i give up i give everything to you or are you going to learn to do that every moment of every day to where when those things come he already says i hear you child I hear you, child. Making the disciple, you see, is intentional. What that means is we ain't going to just drop in and expect things to happen. That means, you know what? Tuesday night, I asked my wife, if we can get here, we're going to try to get here Tuesday night. Why? Because I want to see your children. I want to see if they, are, they worship better than y'all do. No, you think I'm kidding. Are they going to be like you? Yeah, that's a good word. I like that song. Man, I hope they sing that one next time. That was good. Yeah, God. Raise your hand. I want to see what your children do. You want them to act? How, how, how do you want them and their relationship to God to be? Do you want, Mary, do you want, you want children and young adults and these people in here to feel the Holy Spirit to where when they walk through the door, they're ready? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome, Alan, to just be able to walk up here and go, and the Holy Spirit go, and everybody go, ah, and he's like, bang. No, you're not, you got to wind them up, tone them down, mellow them up. Let him fall in love with Jesus all over again. Forget about what's up for now. Oh, there it is. Now, preacher, go get him. Really? Can I tell you a secret? I ain't that good. But if you came looking for something from God, you already should have found it. But the problem is, you see, we're not being intentional. We're not being true. We're not being true disciples because you know what we're doing? We're telling God what we want Him to do. I had somebody this week tell me, you know what, if God heard me, really? You know you're talking to a dude in a chair, right? Well, if God heard me, I'd walk. But you've got to understand something. Come here, Nanette. You see, I can walk. Right? Like that? Am I wrong? 
Man, that was not the explanation I wanted right there. It's like, I screwed that all up, didn't I? All right, see, let's look at this. But what I was trying to tell you before I screwed everything up was, was this. All of a sudden, you see, when you have people surrounding that you trust that know you, are you hearing me? Know you. All of a sudden, you can get bold. Man, I'm preaching. That chair right there is responding. The rest of you just need Jesus. Here's what I'm trying to tell you, is if you are surrounded, look around. If you're surrounded by people who know you, you can become bold in the things of Christ. Because guess what? If I started to go out, and I was going to go out of line, my wife knows where to put me. I stood up, now she had me. She had me, she was helping me. And I knew that I was safe, that where if I started to pass out, she could push me. But you know what's funny? Well, Shannon knew me enough to where she started moving all her stuff out of the way to where I had a soft landing. Why? Because she knows me. It wasn't by accident. If I'd have walked over here, you'd look at me like, what are you doing, preacher? You're standing on post me and stuff. Like I just, and when I sat down on your lap, you'd have been going, that was totally uncalled for. <laughs> but see, once you start to know somebody, so what part of being a disciple is starting to understand and know believers that are just like you to where you can help each other stay true and on the right track. You see, they say iron sharpens iron, right? But I got news. Iron don't sharpen iron if it's in a sheath. You gotta have it out ready to work. Well, I have this. This knife is sharp. It ain't worth anything until you flick it open. Now, if I did that, we'd be calling, well, Anna, fix me up. Right? You understand what I'm saying? You are a tool that can be used for the kingdom of God as a disciple of Him. And instead, what we're doing is we're putting ourselves in a bubble and... Put your phone down, read the Word of God, and guess what? Start talking... To those around you. You see, me and Alan didn't become best buds. By the way, in the ministry, finding a true friend is like finding a diamond in a haystack. Because it's hard to be yourself, to, to, to do what, you know, and, and make mistakes without being like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I can tell you, in, in the 29 years or so that me and my wife have been in ministry together, I bet I have five friends I can call my friend. I, I can probably count them on my hand. And one's sitting right here. And I'm going to tell you, we had many conversations. We had conversations about God. We had conversations about cars, kids, stupidness. Poop, pew, pews. <laughs> he, got, he likes them too. I like them too. And we even go out and keep you together once in a while. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, not too much anymore because I'm not rich. But 
and you've got to be expensive. That's an expensive hobby anymore. But here's the deal. I want you to understand something. We started talking. We started getting one another. We started seeing each other's heart. Not what I wanted him to see, but who I was. You see, when I first met my wife, I showed her who she wanted me to be. And then when she said, I do, I was like, I ain't got to play no more. And then she was like, oh, my father, I made a mistake. And thank God she ain't figured out how to get out of it yet. But I'm telling you, was how many of you did the same thing? When you start dating a girl or when you start seeing somebody or you meet somebody, you let them see exactly what you think they need to see. You hide all the other stuff because if they knew that I wasn't this good looking all the time, you know what I'm saying? Justin woke up this morning. Man, that's a whole lot of ugly sitting on top of that head. You know what I'm saying? I don't have enough hair to look that bad. And I was like, dude, do your hair. I don't remember the first time my wife woke up looking like that. Trust me, it's an hour and five minutes to get that good. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. I, that's a whole lot of spackle going on there, you know what I mean? I'm trying to tell you, your four-inch putty knife, and she looked good. I'm just trying to tell you, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you've got to see the real who. To be a disciple, a true disciple of Christ, you need to know who you're working with. One of the hardest things in the world is go to a new job with people you ain't never met and be 100% effective the first day. But we expect people to accept Jesus Christ into their heart and then be just as good as you are after 35 years. Well, that's silly. What do they need? They need a disciple who's ready to help them become a disciple. The great commandment, right? The great commission is to go and make disciples. And then the part that really gets baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son. You see, that's like giving them a new battery. You don't give them all the power, you know what I'm saying? Give them a new battery when they get the Holy Spirit. But see, the thing of it is, we're, some of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. You know why we're afraid of the Holy Spirit? Because you know that if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have to be 100% committed to the things of God. Because he's not going to fill you up if you've got junk in your world. You see, I, I, I tried for many years to receive the Holy Spirit. Couldn't do it. Because I was holding on to nuggets of nastiness. And it wasn't nothing like bad much. It was just stuff. See, stuff can plug you up. But what happened was, when I finally just like, God, okay, you take whatever you need from me, you take from me. I have nothing to hold back. And he said, well, <laughs> there you go. And then all of a sudden, things started becoming clearer. And then all of a sudden, I started having a discerning spirit where I could see somebody across the room and know that they were a believer. Not having a conversation. 
You see, it was funny. My wife, we went to the store yesterday, and I'm picking on you today because I know you love me. <laughs> Don't know about tomorrow, but today you love me. We's at the grocery store, right? Now, I, I don't wear a mask because I think it's a hooey. And I think that my God is the one who took the keys to the hell and the grave. And he wants me a diaper. Ain't going to keep him from taking it. So I don't wear a mask. So I was at the store. She was wearing her little mask and everything. And she couldn't breathe. And she pulled it in her. <laughs> I was doing really good. She was like, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And she pulled it down. And she was like. Right, because you know, because we can't afford to pay people to actually, you know, do your groceries anymore. Now, now we're paying to do it ourselves. <laughs> and that's another conversation. But she's sitting there, and I looked at her, and she's going, Beep. and the guy that's supposed to be the helper come over and goes, "Sir, how's your day?" And I go, "Great, man. I'm so blessed. How you doing?" He goes, "Man, I can't wait to get out of here, have a beer." And I go, "Right." <laughs> Why? And he goes, man, it's cold. And I go, yeah, but it's 12 degrees. What are you, what are you, that's silliness. And he's like, well, you know, I just relax and get out of here. It's work. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I thought, well, now he'll turn around and talk to my wife. Boop. Boop. She wasn't going to get nobody talking to her because her face was not a, saying have, how, how many of you are having a face that is inviting of hey I know Jesus and I have a peace that's so deep within me right now that even though things are going wrong I still I was in a wheelchair with all these people looking at me because I didn't have money you know it's funny they could have been frowning I didn't know they could have been sticking their tongue out at me. I wouldn't know. Because they're stinking. <laughs> I threw the Mr. Ed at them. That's what I did. The lady at Walmart won't even talk to me anymore. The greeter. <laughs> when this all mess started off, I came in there. Sir, you need a mask? And I said, no, I have Jesus Christ. Let me explain something to you. He's my protector, my provider, my, my shield. He's the one who's going to take me. He's got the key to hell and the grave. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you need the peace that I have, come here, I can explain to you how to accept him right here in Walmart. And she's like, never mind, preacher. <laughs> and I came in and she's like, sir, no, go ahead. Hi, preacher. Then there was a new one, and she, I come rolling into Walmart, and she goes, excuse me. And the woman goes, you don't want none of that. <laughs> Is that how you are? Are people able to walk up and see that you're a child of the king? Or are you still working on being a disciple? You see, disciples, disciples are so into the things of God, the joy of the Lord should be emulating from you even when it's not great. Even when your wife's got cancer, 
Even when she had surgery, even when the doctor came in and said, we didn't get it all, we're going to have to do some more stuff. You know what? My God still said she's healed. So I'm not worried about it. And we walk around and the doctors are going, how are you doing this? Let me explain to you how Jesus Christ gives me a peace that surpasses all understanding. That's how you disciple somebody. What we've turned into is a society of, it didn't happen right now. I got on my phone and she's not healed. I asked Google and she didn't have the answer. That was funny. <laughs> and now Google's going, wait a minute, we didn't have an answer or something? You know what I'm Because, you know, they hear everything we say. Anyway, what I'm trying to tell you is, are you ready to start letting people see that you're a child of God 24-7? Are your children needing to see that even when you hit your thumb? I'll never forget my grandfather. He was 62 years old when he became my partner hanging sheetrock. 62. We started hanging sheetrock. He hung with me 10 years in the union until he was 72 years old was when he stopped hanging sheetrock. And that guy could outhang almost anybody I ever met in my life. And the thing of it is, is I watched him take, a, we were doing inch and five, and he took that thing and hit, and man, I just watched blood splatter all over the place. He had a brand new wall board, and it just, and that thumb went everywhere, and you know what he went, Jesus, 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 And I'm thinking, shoot fire, I'd have said a whole lot more than Jesus. <laughs> But you know what? In a time when I would have accepted him doing something else, he showed me Jesus was still the main thing in his life. Are you trying to become a disciple? Or you just want to just say, I know him. How many of you have ever heard of this fellow called Kobe Bryant? Anybody know Kobe Bryant? You know, ain't nobody in this room know Kobe Bryant. Y'all knew Kobe Bryant. You knew of Kobe Bryant. Tell me what his favorite color is. What's his favorite food? Or his favorite restaurant? What was the year of his car? What was his mother's name? He ain't knowing. How many of you know Jesus? how many of you know of Jesus? The difference in accepting Christ and becoming a disciple. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I know that it seems like we were shotgun preaching today all over the place, but I'm going to tell you right now, God, right now we need to become disciples. God, we need to make you our focus. God, we need to be parents and grandparents that live lives that are exemplary enough to where our children can look and have an example. God, we need people to make a decision. They want to be a disciple of Christ instead of just somebody who knew of Him. Father, help me right now. Because I don't know how to shut this one off. I ain't going to lie a lick. But here's the deal. 
Today, if you want to change the relationship status from just being somebody who accepted Christ to somebody who's going to emulate Christ, it's going to take a commitment.